Thanks for listening to the New Life Church Cersei podcast. Before we get into today's message, we want to remind you that if you'd like to get connected to what God is doing here in our local community, you can text the word Cersei to 88000 for more information. There you can let us know how we can be praying for you this week, get plugged into a life group, you can give online, sign up for a serve team, and so much more. Finally, you can find today's message notes in the Bible app. Just tap the link in the podcast episode notes to follow along with us. Now let's get ready to hear a great message today. I need to give you guys one piece of information, just a quick reminder for everybody here. Uh, We are 13 days, okay? If you're a calendar kind of person, you can start putting this on your calendar now. We are 13 days away from everybody here starting a diet, okay? January 1's coming. The gyms are going to be crowded. Like, just giving you a heads up, Christmas season. If you're like me, like, this is your last hurrah before the diet season starts. Um, If you're interested in a gym membership, um, wait till March because that's when everybody gives up on their diet. So March will be cool time to go to the gym. Um, Real quick, I want to know... How many of you have had a busy month? Raise your hand, okay? Just raise your hand, busy month, all right? How many of you are expecting the next five, six days to be probably more busy? Raise your hand, you're expecting a busy week, yeah? Um, This season is just, it's just that season. It's like this every year, right? We get really busy around this time of year. Um, We also hear the Andy Williams song, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, right? But it really should be, it's the most busiest time of the year. That's a made-up word, but we're going to use it anyway. Because, like, it's, it, yes, it's wonderful, but it's also incredibly busy as well. Um, we've got Christmas parties. We've got end-of-the-year projects, finals, shopping, traveling to see family. There's a lot of people who took the whole week off. Uh, college students, if they live out of town, they're gone. Look around. The Harding student you used to sit next to, they're gone right now, okay? It is that time of the year people are traveling and moving. And it's no wonder that many of us feel this spirit of Christmas a little bit less and less each year. Like when you were a kid, it was amazing. When you were younger, it was so good. It was so magical. And as we get older and realize the responsibilities that we have, and you've got to get all your tax stuff ready for the new, like it loses some wonder, right? (laughs) Because nothing says Christmas like getting tax stuff ready for the new year, okay? We kind of lose a little bit of it. And instead of the most wonderful time of year, there's a more accurate Christmas song that came out a few years ago. It was made popular in the movie, the live-action version of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. It goes like this. It was sung by Faith Hill. Hear the lyrics. Where are you, Christmas? Why can't I find you? Why have you gone away? Where is the laughter you used to bring me? Why can't I hear the music play? My world's changing. I'm rearranging. Does that mean Christmas changes too? For a lot of us in this room, this song can be really relatable. Like, where did Christmas go? Like, it was just, wasn't it just 4th of July? Like, how are we already at Christmas time? That magic, that luster has gone away. Something is missing. We're so busy, and it's not supposed to be this way. But I want to give you guys a quote. If you're a note taker, this is a good one to write down. This is not my own quote. I, got, I stole this from Craig Rochelle. In, in ministry, with preaching and teaching, we, we steal stuff all the time. It's cool. But this is a great quote from Craig Rochelle. It says this, What if the greatest enemy to the life you want is the life you're living right now? What if the greatest enemy to the life that you want is the life you're living right now? We're all busy people. We've got a lot of stuff going on. We wish we weren't busy. 
The life we want is maybe a life where we get to enjoy things a little bit more. We get to enjoy the Christmas season. We get to enjoy and settle down and enjoy our time with family. And maybe you have goals and aspirations down the road as well. And you want all these things to happen. But what if the greatest enemy to those things, to the life that you want, is the life that you're living right now, the habits you have in place right now? Um, I bet if I was a betting man, I would bet almost everybody in this room has a device similar to this in your pocket or in your purse or you're using it to take notes on right now or statistically about a quarter of you have already checked out of this message and you're playing like Flappy Bird or something on here. But this device is really impressive. Like the iPhone, now the the numbers I'm going to give you are specific to iPhone. If you have a different brand of phone, okay, whatever. But iPhones specifically, there is, the iPhone has over 100,000 more processing, times more processing power than the Apollo 11 computer did when it sent people to the moon. Let that soak in for a second. They have over 1 million times more memory. More than 7 million times more storage on this device. Like, These things are incredible. Like, you can FaceTime with anybody around the world at any given moment, anytime you want to. You can access any information in the world with just a a search. You can post your food pictures on Instagram, if that's your jam, right? And odds are, most of you, probably a lot of you in this room, did most of your Christmas shopping from this thing on your couch this year. Can I get an amen from anybody, right? But here's the thing. The fun of this device ends in a hurry whenever you get that notification saying low battery. Because then you're searching for an outlet, right? You're searching for a charger. you gotta, you got to charge this thing up because, God forbid, we go a whole day without it or even five minutes without it, right? But the fun really takes a nosedive when you, get that, you look up in the corner and you see 1% battery remaining, okay? We all know the panic. Here's the thing about the 1% thing on your phone, your battery, Like, that 1% can either last you a whole hour and a half, or it can be like Nick Cage, gone in 60 seconds. Like, one or the other. Like, it's there's no way to tell. There's no certain way that it goes. But the point of it is this. Once the battery dies on this device, it's worthless. Like, when the battery hits zero and this thing shuts down, it is just as useless or just as useful as a rock, Okay. It's just as useful as a paperweight. It has no more value. This phone that you spent hundreds of dollars on, you take care of like a child, making sure you don't drop it, suddenly becomes useless. My point is this. It doesn't matter what you want to do. You can't accomplish it if you're on empty. It doesn't matter what your goals are in life. It doesn't matter what life that you want. If you are on empty, it's not going to happen. And nobody understood this thought more than Jesus. During Jesus' earthly ministry, there was a lot to do in just a few years of earthly ministry to do it. Just three years that he spent teaching and healing people. He was constantly teaching and preaching, enduring the hatred of religious leaders, healing people, building relationships, leading and teaching disciples along the way. He fulfilled 351 Old Testament prophecies. Here's the point. Jesus was busy, but he was not rushed. Jesus was busy, but he was not rushed. He wasn't spaffing around. He wasn't running around. He wasn't trying to figure out, oh my goodness, what's going on? He wasn't late to appointments. He didn't put off things. He didn't cancel feeding the 5,000 because Thomas was late. 
Like he wasn't running around trying to, he had no panic on him. He was a busy person, but he was never rushed. Mark chapter 2, verse 14 says this, as he, being Jesus, walked along, didn't say he was running, didn't say he was hurrying out the door, didn't say he had to catch a train. No, he walked along. He saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. Levi followed Jesus. And if we are following Jesus, as we should be if we're a Christ follower, then we have to learn to live an unrushed life as well, a life that is intentional, that is purposeful. Jesus gives us the formula of how to do this as well in Matthew chapter 11. If you've got a Bible, I want you to go there with me. If you're taking notes, you can just write this down in there. Uh, you can follow along the Version Bible app, by the way, or we'll put it on the screens. Tons of different ways that we can read this together. I'm reading from the message version this morning because I just love the way that the, it translates for, for um, our, kind of our modern ear. But this is what it says. See if you can relate to this. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Are you tired? Worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Starts out a little bit like an infomercial. Like, are you tired? Burned out? Okay. Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll discover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So this morning, for just the few minutes that we have together, I want to go through this verse and give us the formula to living an unrushed life, a life that is a little less busy and cluttered, a life of less rushing around and running around. So the formula goes like this. Number one, come to Jesus. It's the first thing Jesus says in this verse. And he lists out who should come to him. Tired, worn out, burned out on religion. Real quick, do you fit any of those categories? Raise your hand if you fit one of those categories, because I'm going to raise my hand, right? A lot of us do. Some of y'all are too nervous to say that where everybody here is rested, and that's amazing. If you're watching online, let us know in the comments, are you one of those things? It's just what Jesus wants. Jesus wants the people who are tired, who are burned out, who are at the edge of the line. In fact, if you look through the Gospels, this was almost exclusively Jesus' audience. He was constantly looking for people who were at the end of their rope, who were tired, who were worn out, who were fed up with the religious leaders at the time. And I love how the message version says this, get away with me and you will recover your life. What that tells me is that apart from Jesus, our life begins, we start to lose our life. It starts to disarray. It starts to come apart. But when we connect with Jesus, when we come away with him, and we get away with him into a solitude place, when we just you and, you and me, Jesus, then we start to recover our life again. And then he says, I will show you how to take a real rest. If we want real rest, we have to get away with Jesus. Not a podcast, not a YouTube video, not an audio book, not even a church service but one-on-one, -on -one, us and Jesus. All those things are good. I am so glad that you guys are in the house today, worshiping together, uh, learning together, diving in together. It's important to do that. The local church is incredibly important. We would not be here if we didn't think so. 
Podcasts are great. You learn a lot while you're driving or mowing the yard or doing laundry. You learn a lot in those podcast times. YouTube videos are great content. There's some great teachers and communicators out there teaching the word in-depth study. You can get a lot out of it. But nothing will give you rest like just being in the presence of Jesus. Without the fluff, without everything else, just being in the presence of Jesus. James chapter 4, verse 8 says, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. When we ask God to come in, when we get close to him, he snuggles in close to us as well. This relationship with God to give us rest. Number two, the next step. Follow the rhythm. We have to follow the rhythm. I almost said uh, that the rhythm is going to get you. Okay, we're going to see how many of y'all get that joke. Some of you go look it up on the way home, it's fine. But look what he says. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it, and learn the unforced rhythms of grace. It's sometimes really easy for us to forget, but there is a rhythm to rest. There is a rhythm to grace that God gives as well. It's hard to do that. The artist Banksy, he's known for doing a lot of art. I think he's British, I believe. is quoted as saying, if you get tired, learn to rest, not quit. And that is a great quote because so many of us, we have a tendency that when we get tired, we run ourselves ragged and we get to the end of our robe and we're exhausted. We just want to quit and give up. That's not rest. Quitting is not rest. We have to learn to rest and figure out that rhythm of rest. It's a rhythm. Jesus led this by example. Notice the language he uses in this verse. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Jesus was not asking people to do something that he wasn't going to do. That's how Jesus taught. Jesus is saying, don't just believe what I'm saying. Don't just believe what I believe, but rather live the way I live. Take what I'm doing and watch it, learn from it, and then apply it to your own life. Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. We don't have time to read it in full this morning. Kevin talked about this same story last week when he talked about peace. Peace and rest very closely tied together. And it's amazing how sometimes during this Christmas season we can forget both of those. But... There's a story about Jesus when he's on the water with the disciples and there is a storm of brewing, like it is just crashing down. One of those random Arkansas storms is how I imagine it. Like, you know, it's 40 degrees one day, the next day it's 80 and there's tornadoes. Like, it's that kind of moment. It just kind of comes up out of nowhere and the disciples are terrified. But Jesus is below a deck asleep. The Bible says he's on a cushion like he was having a comfortable nap, like one of those couch naps that we have. The ones where you wake up and you're like, what day is it? Like that kind of nap is what I imagine Jesus having right now. And the storm is raging and the disciples wake him up and said, something's going on, you got to be out here. And this is just kind of how I picture Jesus doing. I picture him coming up there going, peace, be still. I'm out, y'all, I'm going back to bed. Like just kind of taking it like a, like a, you know, like a superhero, just kind of walking in, saving the day and going back. Why? Because Jesus knew the rhythm of rest. He didn't make it a long, drawn-out thing. He's like, peace be still, I'm out. Why y'all not have enough faith to do that on yourself? There, this, this verse was so popular, there was a sweatshirt floating around for a while that says, Jesus took naps, be like Jesus. And it's funny, but it's actually really true. We need to be like Jesus in every way. Jesus understood the value of rest. He understood the rhythm 
of rest. And the dangerous part, though, is that when we only want to rest and not work. If all you do is rest and you don't do the work, it's just called being lazy. There is a rhythm to the rest. Rest comes after work. Rest comes before the work is to be done. It's a rhythm. Let me give you a little inside baseball this morning into how some stuff is done around here. Um, worship team, if you'll notice, they, they usually have an in-ear uh, monitor. Give it up for our worship team, by the way. Come on. Great job helping us. Come on, y'all can do better than that. Every week, they crush it. But our worship team wear these in-ear monitors, and what those help them do, it, it lets them adjust the volume, um, the, the volume levels that they need. You know, if a guitar player needs a little bit more of himself or needs this vocal or whatever, and it allows them to adjust that volume. But what, something else that is in those tracks is, is a click track in those monitors. And the click track is simply, uh, it's like a metronome. And it helps the team stay on tempo. In fact, I'm going to let you in on what it sounds like. Go ahead and play that real quick. I see my Jesus. One, two, three. Okay. This is what a click track sounds like. Now, while you guys are hearing great music out here and you're in, in worship and you're, you're having a moment, that's what the band's hearing the whole time. Okay. Anybody want that on your Spotify playlist? Because like, it's just the greatest music ever, right? That is what the band is listening to. The reason for that track is to keep the band together, to keep the instruments and the vocals, everybody together, because I may not have the drum in my track because I'm right next to the drum, so I'm not going to put it in there. Um, Somebody else may not have the bass in there or whatever, but the click track stays up. That way, everybody can stay on tempo, because without that rhythm, without that guide, it's easy to drift off course. And as talented as this team is, without a click track, without a metronome to keep them on tempo the whole song long, they'll stay together and it'll sound okay out here, but if you'll, you would notice that they start to drift faster or slower along the way. We need that in our lives as well. If we do not have this rhythm of grace, this rhythm of rest in our lives, we start to drift. Suddenly the busyness starts taking over and we forget to rest and the rest period gets shorter and further away. And before we know it, we have drifted far away from the plan that God has for us. But here's the deal. There's even better news with this click track because David also has this button over here. Ironically enough, it's called a panic button, but it's a button that he can just click and he can talk to the worship team without you ever hearing. He can speak into their ears and let them know, hey, I think we're getting, because even with the click track, sometimes you can get off. Something can happen, it can throw you off your rhythm, and suddenly you find yourself off a little bit, even with the track. So what David could do up here, or any music director, can start to talk to the band. Hey, I think we're a little off, let's bring it back, let's bring it back, one, two, three, four, and get them back on track. Or, if the Spirit's leading him to do a different song, or to have a worship moment, he can let the team know so they're on the same page. That's the Holy Spirit for us. The Holy Spirit speaking into our lives, saying, hey, I think you're getting a little off here. I think you're, getting a little, you're drifting a little far. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back into the nice rhythm. Let's bring it back into the purpose and the plan that I have for you. John 1.16 says this, For out of his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. From his fullness, in other words, out of the abundance of his love, out of what he did for us, as one piece of divine grace recedes, it's replaced by another. 
If you've ever been to the ocean, you, you know what a wave looks like when it crashes on the shore. There is no off switch to a wave at the ocean. Like, you can't just go up there, mm, it's a little heavy today, I'm just going to turn it off for a little while. No. Like, the ocean's going to ocean, right? The waves are going to wave. And when one wave crashes and pulls back, another one takes its place. This is how grace works. This is how rest should work for us. Wave after wave, a wave crashes, it pulls away, another takes its place. This summer, our family took a trip to Florida. It was a family vacation for us. And we went to Florida, and Lauren and I love kayaking, okay? Anybody else like kayaking around here? Okay, we're just, yeah, there's a couple people here. Awesome, you're my people. We can go kayak anytime down the Little Red. We love kayaking. Uh, we'll go down the river. We'll take it to a lake. We'll take it to a pond. We don't even care. And this was the year that we like, we're going to take our kayaks to Florida. Like, we want to we kayak in the ocean. It's going to be so much fun. So we strapped them onto our car, strapped them in the back of a truck, and took them the 10 hours down to Florida to do it. Now, I didn't realize when I did all this, there is a difference between a river kayak like we have and an ocean kayak. Didn't know that was a thing until this year because we tried to take our kayak. Now, granted, there was a lot of weather. The waves were really high while we were there. It was right before a hurricane was going to hit, so there was big waves, like red flag, double red one day. And so we're like, we're going to take our kayaks. And, and Lauren's like, are you sure you want to do it? The waves are pretty hot. It's pretty rough out there. It's like, I did not drag these kayaks 10 hours down here to not use them. So got the kayak out, put it in the water. It took every ounce of strength I had to get over the waves into the ocean. Like those waves just kept coming, beating against it, rushing me into the beach over and over and over again. But getting out there turned out to be the easy part. Getting back in was the trick. My dad had taken one out one day, and as he was coming back in, he, he hit it at the wrong angle, had a wave hit him at, at some, some strange angle, ended up tipping him over, capsizing him right onto the beach, smashing the kayak into the ground, smashing my dad. He had to wiggle his way out of it. And immediately when that happened, I thought, okay, 10 hours to get the kayak here. I'm taking that thing back. So I ran into the water after my kayak, reached down, and I was trying everything I could to get that kayak out, but... The ocean had other plans, filled it immediately with 3,000 pounds of water. Um, equal amount of sand was in it. There was only like half the kayak even visible. The rest of it was underground. And I'm trying so hard to pull the kayak out that I threw my back out. <laughs> Three days, the worst pain I've ever had in my back in my life. Terrible moment. And I realized I can't get the kayak out when the waves are away. I had to wait for the waves to help. When that water hit the kayak, it helped move it up on shore. And my point of that long story was this. When we go against the rhythms that are in place, it only brings pain to our lives. When we fight the rhythm, when we try to do it our own way instead of the rhythms that God has put in our lives, it only brings pain and destruction in us. We have to follow the rhythm of grace. Finally, the last step is to live freely. Jesus says, live freely. So we have come to Jesus, we have followed the rhythm, and we have lived freely. And verse 30 says this, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Another version of this that you've probably heard a little bit more often is, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
Something I've heard a lot of in student ministry and dealing with college students and young adults and even just in my time working with, with the church is you hear a lot of people say, well, it's just hard. Like, it's just so hard. Like, following Jesus can be really hard. There's a lot to it. There's a lot you have to do. There's a lot of rules and regulations and do's and don'ts. And my gosh, it seems like I'm always working at my relationship with Jesus. It's so it's too much. But remember the Craig Groeschel quote I mentioned earlier. What if the greatest enemy to the life you want is the life you're living right now? Because what Jesus is saying that he has for us is easy and light. The weight that we have to carry that he is giving us is light. Will there be things we have to carry? Absolutely. We, we even have to carry our own cross. But what Jesus is saying to do is light and easy compared to the rest of the world. What Jesus wants for us is light. And I've always had this thought, if serving Jesus is complicated to you, you might be doing it wrong. Because Jesus simply asks us to come. Come as we are, love him, love people. Jesus is asking, he wants to make it simple on us. He knows we can be stupid sometimes. We have thick skulls, and sometimes it's really hard for us to gather information. And There have been millions of hours of podcasts and miles and miles of pages of books dedicated to trying to figure out the intricacies of God, and God is not asking us to figure it all out. He's asking us to trust him. He's asking us to love him. To take a moment, simplify it, break it down that a baby came to earth to eventually be sacrificed for our sins. I've got these couple of backpacks up here. I mentioned we like to, to kayak. I like to hike sometimes, a lot less than kayaking because there's a lot more work involved. But I want you to imagine for a second that this backpack, these are, these are your burdens. This is your busyness. There are taking the kids to soccer practice in here. There's your 40-hour work week plus your 25 hours that you don't get paid for that you have to do anyway. Here's the school projects and plays you have to attend and your friend groups are in here. All the busyness of life is in here. All the burdens that you carry on a day-to-day -day basis, the health of your family, making sure that the bills are paid, the weight of the world, the weight of everything in your world carried here. And some of y'all have a little extra too. You're carrying other stuff here and you're just load it on, just put it on. And for some of you around the holidays, you're also carrying the wheelie bags <laughs> full of family drama, travel, making sure you have enough gifts for Christmas. And I'm sure if you've ever been to an airport or traveled on a road trip, you know how cumbersome this kind of stuff can be. Pre-COVID, we used to take a team to China every year on mission trip. And there's nothing more stressful than trying to corral a dozen teenagers and also having to carry these bags plus two wheelie bags in a Hong Kong airport trying to catch a subway train. It's very stressful. Yeah, they get it. And if you've been on a road trip, if you've been to an airport and had to rush home alone style to a destination, 
This stuff just weighs you down. And sometimes it can be really easy for these things that we carry to weigh us down so much that we just kind of want to throw our hands up and just give up and sit down. It's just too much. But here's the amazing thing. This verse says, keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Keep company with me. There's an old song. You used to sing it as a kid. I want you all to finish the lyrics for me. You ready? Here we go. He's got the whole world. He's got the whole wide world. He's got the whole world. He's got the Y'all should be a Christmas choir. That was beautiful. He's got the whole world in his hands. So if he's got the whole world in his hands, I'm part of that world. Like, I'm on planet Earth, which means he's got me in his hand, right? Wait, hold up. If he's got me in his hand, that means he's already carrying this stuff. Then why in the world am I carrying it? Jesus is saying, if you keep company with me, you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Because if Jesus is already carrying me and this, then I don't have to carry it anymore. I can lay these burdens down. I can give it to Jesus. He's already taken it anyway. And he's way better at handling this stuff than I ever am. So why am I trying to mess with the busyness? Why am I trying to keep up with the Joneses? Why am I trying to to, to just weigh myself down with worry when I can just give it to Jesus. Because if I keep company with him, this is what he means by he wants to treat, teach us how to live freely and lightly. Jesus came, died on a cross, gave himself away to sacrifice so we didn't have to carry this stuff anymore. And this season may be very difficult for some people in this room and you may feel like you're carrying a lot. But can I challenge you and encourage you at the same time this morning? You have a God who cares so much about you. He came to earth for people he knew would betray him. For people he knew would hurt him. For people he knew would not love him back. Jesus loves every person to ever live. I believe that with all my heart. Cares about every child. Even though we want to run away, even though we want to do things our own way, he cares about us enough that he gave his life. So we didn't have to carry these things anymore. So the challenge part is this. What are you carrying you need to let go of? What is it that you're, you're doing in your life that's gotten you out of that rhythm of rest? That's causing you to drift away slowly without even realizing it. And whatever it is, As we focus, listen, this this week more than any other week, maybe except for Easter, the world is thinking about Jesus. Jesus is at the forefront of a lot of our minds. I say this every year, but it doesn't matter what you believe. There's no denying that that baby Jesus changed the world forever. And as the world thinks about Jesus, we need to take a moment and say, Jesus, you can have it all. So I want you across this room, I just want you to bow your heads this morning.